Aidan Thompson here and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the pack heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources, and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place, and I'm excited to have you here. G'day, and welcome to episode 80, where today I have guest Jake Carls, who is a co-founder of Midday Squares on the show. Now, founded by Leslie, Nick, and Jake in 2018, Midday Squares is a chocolate manufacturer based in Montreal, Quebec, that many of you will be extremely familiar with, especially if you have hooked into the same social circles as I have on LinkedIn, and I'm sure that many of you are. Now, much like Susie York from Love Good Fats, the world is awash with articles and interviews on the two businesses being built, and rightly so. They're both absolute conglomerates. And when I was online and I was doing my research on Midday Squares and what I wanted to have the discussion about with Jake, I wasn't too sure what I could particularly add. But when you look at what the Truett MDS have created, it is absolutely something special and they're bringing us behind the scenes of the operation, you know, showing the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between, which is extremely rare when you think about an approach to building a business. And through my lens, Midday Squares looks a lot like a Nike tech startup reality TV show hybrid. So my intention with today's interview was to learn a little bit more about the personality and face behind the brand, Jake Carls. I wanted to ask him about his daily mindset and approach to generating content, the wins, the losses, and most importantly, some of the critical lessons that he's learned throughout the process of building midday squares. Now, Jake was incredibly honest and humble. He was an amazing guest and it was everything that I was hoping it would be. And I hope that you enjoy the episode as much as I did. But before we do get started, I would just like to take a moment to express some gratitude to you all for listening in each week. Now, when I look at the stats of the show, I can see that it's growing at a really nice rate and I've got an audience right across Canada and down in the States, uh, in Europe and Australia. Shout out to mum and dad. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be more thankful or grateful for all of you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen in. However, with that said, I am dying to get a little bit more data to work from so that I can keep the podcast growing in the right direction. And I would love to hear from you. So what I'm looking for is, you know, are you happy with the format of the podcast, the length of the interviews? Do you find the topics and the conversations that I'm having with my guests beneficial? So if you have a moment, uh, I would love it if you could shoot me an email at Hayden at the and give me some insights. Or if you feel compelled to help me grow the podcast online, uh, jump onto the platform that you're listening to the podcast on and give the show an honest rating and leave a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. So yeah, thank you very much. Once again, I'm truly appreciative. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode with Jay as much as I did. Enjoy. Jake, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, mate. I'm really good. Uh, nice early start here in Vancouver from me, mate. And you're based over in uh, Montreal. So you're about three hours ahead. You're into it. Oh, Montreal, baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm heading to Vancouver next week. I'm speaking at a conference there. I, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite cities is gorgeous. It's yeah, mate. It is. Dude, it's awesome. I love it here as well. And uh, you and I obviously had the pleasure to meet for a couple of moments the other day at the CHFA. Uh, so it's nice to actually get in front of you and shake your hand and put a face to the name as well. I mean, we're also familiar with your face, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not shy. I, I build publicly, you know? <laughs> uh, I think I think, I think, I think my face is all over LinkedIn, Instagram, all that stuff. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perfect. It was and, good to meet you. Yeah, mate, you too. And I guess that's really why I want to have a chat with you today, because I mean, the three of you have really built, built something incredible at um, Midday Squares, and I'm sure that potentially you've even surpassed your own expectations. Um, you've received a huge amount of exposure and recognition, and you've been the recipient of some amazing awards. And um, because there's already so much information already out there on you and MDS, uh, rather than dig into the background story and the details of your business like I normally do on this podcast, I thought I'd frame today's conversation around you and your ability to tell a story and develop your own brand and be one of the three faces for the company. So I sort of really wanted to focus on that if that was okay. Yeah, let's fire that up. Yeah, storytelling and uh, authenticity, yeah. I believe, is the future of any business, any yeah. entrepreneur. And I think if you're going to not be any, if you're not going to invest in storytelling and you're not going to be yourself, I think you're going to fail because today's climate, it, people are, are craving emotionality. They're craving some emotional connection mm. with a brand or the individual's part of the brand, Yeah. right? So that's why I build out loud. Yeah. No, good call, mate. Um, mate, before we kick off into it all, though, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up here in Montreal. Um, I, I was never um, an academic, but I went, to, I was the class clown, which is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, I was getting a type of exposure and attention doing that um, as a kid. And then I, I studied to be an actuary in university. Mm. I went to Western uh, University in uh, London, Ontario. Yep. At the time of my life, did completely terrible in the grades wise, but I had the time of life and built a network that I still have today that I still utilize for business and personal reasons. And um, it was part of my, you know, that those four years were part of the best part of my life. And then I launched two businesses after Western, two failed. And then the third one, which is Midday Squares, is currently working, which mm. I think is important. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It takes a few to, you know, get your head into the right space and, you know, make mistakes that you can learn from. And, and the one that I did see was Chase and Hunter, which you sort of established in 2015, which was a clothing brand. When I uh, dug into it, it's pretty much dedicated to representing the stories of college students. And I thought that was pretty cool. What was the other business that you started? Yeah, Chasing Hunter was one of my favorite things ever, to be honest, because I got to basically go to college campuses across Canada yeah. and literally throw events, pop-up shops, parties, everything, get with the students, then learn who they are and what they actually like and who they are as individuals, what's their story. Yeah. And then they would wear the brand as a representation of that. Um, my, my first business before that was... Every summer I'd come home from college and I didn't want to get a job. Yeah. So I had to make money some way. So my passion at the time was fitness. I was addicted to fitness and I wanted to use my passion and my skill set that I've put so much energy, time and hours towards mm -hmm. to business. So I basically ran outdoor boot camps on my parents' driveway and I made like, bro, I made like 50 plus thousand dollars cash doing that. And, and it was crazy. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, that was an experience where I learned how to how to work with humans. So like how to, like every journey I had from Chase and Hunter to the fitness to midday squares, my common theme is, is building community, building the, 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 the community behind the brand or, yeah. or understanding how humans connect to each other. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, entrepreneurship is your whole life. It's not just the midday squares journey. It's everything that has come to build this moment. It's, it's all the failures. It's all the experiences. It's everything combined into being performed every single day here yeah so that's the kicker no mate um i was really lucky uh the last episode that i had on uh that just went to air was with a guy called jack boone who is a uh, personal trainer that i had back in melbourne and he built a 
an amazing community around his gym, very, very successful. And uh, he sold that business and he started a new one called Jungle HQ, which is just as successful. Obviously, he's just coming out of, you know, the other side of all of the lockdowns, which was very, very heavy in Melbourne where he's based. And, um, you know, just like the hospitality and food processing industry, the fitness industry just got obliterated. Um, But the common theme, as you just suggested, and, you know, between businesses, you know, it's very relatable is relationships and, you know, being able to build those connections that are true and meaningful. And, um, and you know, that's definitely uh, where he's seen a lot of success and that's been the success of his business. And I can see it in, um, in your business as well. Yeah, dude, it's, it's humans. Humans yeah. are everything. Humans yeah, are yeah. literally everything. Um, mate, the one thing that I find really interesting and you guys sort of do speak about it a lot is that you are building a brand around midday squares, um, you know, there's some relationship to sort of like the way that Nike um, promotes themselves out there as well. So it's not just a chocolate company that you're building, but you're building, you know, a lifestyle brand around it. And that seems extremely um, specific and, um, you know, intentional. So when the three of you sat down and you're like, okay, we're going to do chocolate, like, you know, Leslie, Nick, yourself, you sat down, Obviously, you had a grand vision. Uh, Leslie was working in the fashion industry in New York. You have also, um, I see when I had a look through your um, bio as well, you've done a bit of modeling as well. And Nick's come from the, um, Nick has come from the tech industry. So you're all very, very familiar with sort of like the, the way that you believe that a company should be positioned to see success in the market, but also differentiate yourself. So I'd love to get a little bit of background story on the way that you first got the wheels in motion to developing this brand, because these things don't just happen overnight. And there was a day one. So what did day one look like? Yeah. So when my sister, my brother-in-law, so Leslie and Nick approached me with this chocolate company, they basically had this crazy whack idea of basically making a chocolate bar that's real chocolate, having a baby with a plant-based protein ingredients and basically making it a plant-based chocolate bar that is functional. I I was like, y'all are crazy. This industry is saturated. There's so many chocolate bars. There's so many protein bars. But what I said to them was, I said, let's go to the grocery store. And we went to the grocery store. There's 40,000 products in a supermarket typically. Mm -hmm. I said, how many do you emotionally connect with? And the number was very little. And I said, when you go to another type of industry, maybe fitness, you know, cosmetics or you know, fashion, you have connectivity with brands, there's community, there's, there's like in Vancouver, you have Lululemon, yeah. you know, there, there's big emotionality connect, the emotional connections in that. And I said, I have a great idea. If we look at what Shark Tank, Shark Tank's TV ratings were at the time, they were on fire, they were blowing up, people mm. were loving the idea of entrepreneurship. And then you took like keeping up with the Kardashians, the TV show, and you looked at the ratings from that show and it was on fire. People loved the drama of their life, like that energy and all that stuff. And then you took, you look at Elon Musk as this entrepreneur who's speaking, being bold, being being out loud, publicly building. Mm-hmm. And people, his following was growing tremendously. So I said, why don't we just make a triangle of these three things? Basically take the entrepreneurship angle of Shark Tank, but go very depth instead of surface level, let's go deep in the tank where we show the good, the bad, the ugly of this business, yeah. of how we're building it. I said, why don't we take the keeping up the Kardashians and show the drama of a having a family business, but like the real drama, like what actually goes on within the, the communication, the partnerships, the relationships. And then I said, why don't we build out loud like Elon does in the sense of, you know, talking about our failures, talking about our milestones and allowing the consumer really on the journey. And what that did was create a reality show on entrepreneurship. And that's really what, I guess, sprung forward the brand in terms of community growth. Mm -hmm. But what really makes a difference is if you have all that, that's fun. But number one is you need a 
product that actually fits the market. Let's like say product market fit. Yeah. If your product's not fuck yeah good, then it ain't gonna make it. You know, you could have the best market in the world. It might get an initial jump. Mm -hmm. You won't make it with the longevity or the return customer. So what I believe you need in 2022 is, is product market fit, number one. Number two is you need a great story. Something that connects. So our story was that reality version of building a business, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third angle, I believe, is to truly be authentic because in a world full of inauthenticity, where there's a lot of it from brands, from people everywhere surrounded by you, it's almost a pandemic in that sense. And the only way to break through it is to just be yourself because that's what will that's what will break right through the wall because mm -hmm. it's refreshing. You feel it. It's 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 relatable. And um, that's what we did. We did those three things and it helped us get that virality relatively fast. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine they brought you on because, you know, it's obvious that you're extremely confident in and comfortable in front of the camera. You're the face of the brand. You're a lot of fun. You're high energy. And I believe that this is probably inherent in your nature. And you've been like that from day one. I can imagine you as a three-year-old, just like running, like rampant on your parents. <laughs> yep. And cause I've got young kids right now and I'm like, holy shit, I can see my son turning into a Jake Carl's like, it's just in his blood as well. Like you, you just don't, you, like it's in your blood, right? But at the same time, I can imagine that there would be an element of intentionality around what you're doing. Like I can see that there's a lot of focus and um, and that's why I want to sort of talk to you today because like being an A-grade player, like you are, you know, emulating to be, I can imagine that there are people that you look up to, that you model your, um, your sort of um, personal brand on. So I wanted to sort of like dig into that with you. Yeah. Um, but like, has it always been the case that like, you know, that you felt comfortable in front of the camera? Like, did you have to work hard to sort of like start to develop this personality that you've, you know, so proudly put out on the line? Yeah, man. I think, I think what, what's interesting about that is today's world, you're seeing a lot more personal brands being built aside from the business as well. So like yeah. you're seeing like, you know, people that are on that start a company, get out there and be bold and all this stuff. For me, I've always been that, that jolly person that was always good vibes. Um, and, and, and it's, it's had an effect on people. Like I believe my purpose in life is, is truly to make people feel something deeply inside and show people that you could truly win at any level, whether you're working at an airline, starting your own company, you know, working on podcasts, whatever it is by just truly being you. Yeah. And eventually it will work if you stay consistent with it. And for me, I was always comfortable on camera. I think that my life was never really hidden. The one part that was hidden was the, the amount of loneliness I felt. Um, you know, even though I speak to hundreds of people, you know, thousands of people a year, whatever the number is a lot, um, I still feel lonely and misunderstood a lot of the time because you're right. I'm, I'm one of the founders of this company, but I don't do any of the, I don't focus on any operations. I'm mm -hmm. really just what I call a rainmaking position. What I do is build relationships, make noise, create content, be the face, get out there, give energy to everyone yeah. and hopefully get these relationships back into the business where then I can air traffic control them to my sales team, my, my finance team, my media team, uh, my production team. And that's all I'm doing every day. But it's try. It's truly tiring. You know, I have all this energy, and I, I you know, people expect a lot from me. Um, they expect me to always have that, and it's tough. You know, I travel every week, and what I'm doing is literally going to build every relationship that this business needs yeah. uh, in any type of space or format. And you know, when I'm in Montreal, like right now, um, I focus on trying to figure out how to recharge. It's kind of like a Tesla. You got to charge it at night or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's what I need to do when I'm in Montreal because when I'm out and about, I have to put on. It's not a show. It's it's who I am, but it's yeah. It needs an immense amount of energy. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like a game day. Like you've got to bring your game day every day, especially when you walk out of those doors. So that's actually really cool that you said that because I was wondering like how you do balance life at the moment because obviously like there has to be downtime. So a couple of things like when you like what is your daily approach? Like one of my questions that I did here is like that I do have here is like what's your day-to-day look like? So like you get up in the morning and you've got obviously like a list of things that you need to do, but like how do you map out like your what you want to achieve over the next quarter or the next sort of six-month period? Or do you guys like have a 12-month goal and you like break it down into small achievable bites? Like what's your approach to creating content and getting out there daily? So yeah, my day-to-day starts like this. I wake up at 5 a.m. I go and I read I read a book for about 30 to 40 minutes. Then I spend about 45 minutes learning French um, because I need to be currently fully fluent. I'm almost there. Um, so I spend about 45 minutes learning French. Then I go to the gym at about 7 a.m. Um, for like 30 to 45 minutes. And then I come in and I do a lot of my email stuff. But then I also create my, I get into my creative space where- yeah. I think of what kind of posts I personally want to put mm-hmm. nothing to do with midday squares. So it's all my LinkedIn, my Instagram, my, my TikTok, my, 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 my Twitter, because again, when you build a personal brand, it ends up actually pushing your, your, your actual uh, business brand forward yeah. um, tremendously. Um, so I spoke folks about an hour on creative there. I come up with some cool content. I write it out. I do a lot of speech writing, a lot of stuff like that. And then my day is solely focused on what events or what I have next. So for yeah. example, if I'm traveling next week, I'm booking all my meetings with the people or what I need to do in each city. So I don't have really a downtime in those cities. I just go, go, go. And then I come back and have a downtime. But you brought up an interesting point before about, about, what do I do to, on my downtime or, or my personal life or how do I balance it? And the answer is I don't have balance and, and it's a problem a little bit, but you know, my personal life has taken a tremendous beating mm-hmm. um, over the last three and a half years. I would say that, um, you know, trying to balance my friendships with my friends going out and partying and all this stuff, you know, I'm still 28 years old. I'm young. I'm, you know, I'm living a little bit, you know, and then also having a girlfriend where, you know, when I come home at 6 PM every day, I'm absolutely mentally exhausted because mm-hmm. I've given my energy to everything else. Right. And then it hurts our relationship because I can't have a form, you know, a proper conversation unless I'm completely like dying out on it, you know? Yeah. And it hurts her and then it creates a, this, this tension or this environment and we work really hard on it to keep it going because we love each other. But the problem is, is I get where she's coming from. I, I understand a lot of entrepreneurs fuck up their personal lives and I get why. I understand because you believe so much in something, Hayden. You believe so much in a, in a vision or a belief. Even if people think you're crazy, you do and you want to make it happen. You really want, it's not even financial. You want to make it happen so bad that you'll do anything. And when you do that, you start to have to chip away at other things in your life because those other things would take the energy or the 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 the, the uh, focus, the, yeah, the focus and resource yeah. that you need. So for me, I'm learning now how to give what I give my energy to obviously my vision and our vision at Midday Squares, but obviously to the things I love as well in life, like you know my my partner, like my girlfriend or my friends. I still like to do things, but I don't want to be brain dead anymore when I'm yeah. in the. Con- them. I want to be present yeah. and actually engaging. And I don't need it to be about me because I have enough spotlight and attention on myself. So I want it to be about them. Right. And um, yeah, but it's been hard, man. I, I don't have an answer for you. My, I watched my partners, Nick and Leslie, they're married. Uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, yeah. uh, they struggle too with it. Um, yeah. They struggle too. And, you know, you look at all the great entrepreneurs in terms of business, Elon, uh, Jeff, they, they, their personal lives have been, have been, you know, detrimental. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. Mate, I can relate 
so um so much to this as well like you know i've got two young kids and a wife at home and you know obviously like we're driving hard in in well i'm driving my career really hard i've got the podcast on the side and then uh you know you're finishing up the day you're driving home and then you've got to clock in for the second shift of you know giving all of your attention to the kids because you only get to see them for like a couple of hours in the evening and so yeah you're absolutely right like relationships do um you know need attention and they need work as well and so for me like i am really conscious when i'm driving home of like you know trying to recharge and you know have a little bit of downtime on the way home sometimes i'll pull over on the side of the road and have a 15 minute nap just so that i've got enough energy to get through because like once you know you get home and you feed the kids and go out and have a play and then it's bath and bedtime and then you know, you got to go downstairs, clean up, get lunches ready. And then it's 8 30, 9 o'clock. And then you got to flip open the laptop and do a couple of hours worth of work just to keep on top of everything. So yeah, for me, I, I'm sort of struggling to find that balance as well. And, uh, and that downtime, but mate, I'm glad to hear that, you know, we're all in the same boat. And I think that's a relatable story as well, because, you know, whether you're a parent or whether you're a 28 year old getting after it and building an empire, I think that, you know, we are all sort of like on the same path of trying to, you know, especially if you're driving hard in your career and you're trying to build something epic, like you're doing, you're putting in a lot of emotional and physical toll on, you know, into it and it takes a toll on you. And uh, yeah, really cool to hear that. Well, not really cool, but good to know that we're all in the same boat, mate. And, you know, we're all trying to figure a way through it. Yeah. It makes me feel better too, man. And I hear you, man. I watch my brother. He's an entrepreneur too. And he has two kids. Um, And I'm watching how tired he is, man. Like he called me yesterday on FaceTime at like 10 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, yo, dude, man, what's, what's going on? And he's just, he was exhausted and he was yeah. just like, the kids have been up since one from one to four in the morning yesterday. I have to finish this presentation. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I feel it. And it's like, almost like it gives me energy to like, keep yeah. going because it's like, yeah, we're all going through it in different, yeah. in different ways, but similar in the sense of, you know, we're trying to make something happen yeah. and still balance everything that's important in your life still. Yeah, it's interesting. I listen to other podcasts out there. Have you heard of Jocko Willink? Do you know Jocko? I read his book. Yeah, yeah. Extreme Ownership's awesome. But, you know, he talks about buds and they obviously have Hell Week where they're awake literally for a week straight. And the like absolute, you know, um, toll that that takes on their brains and the tricks that everything plays. But like sleep deprivation is real. And like as a parent, especially in those early years, uh, you know, th- literally without a word of a lie, sleep deprivation is like something that is thrust upon you. And, uh, you know, when you've got, um, you know, your mums out there that are getting back to work and they're dealing with, you know, extreme amount of tiredness and, you know, um, you know, trying to get their head back into the game of being in a career. And, you know, you've got husbands out there that are trying to juggle everything as well and, you know, really supportive partners, but yeah, it's a, um, it's a hell of a ride, man. So, you know, I don't know if kids are on your agenda one day, mate, but make the most of the extra time that you've got now, because if you choose that path in the future, mate, your time will be even, uh, even slimmer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude not yet not yeah. yet but we love kids um yeah. but, but man you're right it's it's just it's a life's a crazy journey you got yeah. to enjoy the good the bad the ugly the pain sure. you know and, and eventually you know the feelings you get it's all worth it right absolutely mate um who do you emulate who do you look up to who do you model athletes think, actors who are you looking I to really like elon musk and i like him because um i believe he's just he's bold and he's himself so he says it how it is and you, some people hate him. Some people love him. For yeah. me, what I, what I, what I respect is he's not afraid. Um, mm. He's not afraid and fear, fear gets in the way of a lot of folks, some great folks out there that, that end up turning them into not the potential that they could have been. And I think he, he's truly living that building publicly yeah. uh, type of thing. And that's what we're doing here. So I look up to him. I don't drive a Tesla yet. 
Um, but, uh, my, my partner is getting one. Uh, awesome. So, so that, so, so we are supporting his brand at one point or another, you know, <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, I'd love to ask you, so, you know, to all of the entrepreneurs out there who do want to be the face and the personality of their brand, but they're legitimately holding themselves back. What advice would you give them? I think, I think the reason they're holding themselves back is the fear of judgment fear of, uh, you know, fear of what people are going to think of them. And, you know, if they're not going to do a good job, um, I think, you know, get comfortable with the uncomfortable zones that these things offer. So when you mm. have that moment of uncomfort or discomfort, sorry, that's where the greatness actually comes. I know it feels weird, but if you could build your muscle to be able to start, you know, embracing those un- discomfort opportunities or those uncomfortable opportunities, you will win. Because that's really where you cross the line. And when you cross the line, obviously with good spirits and good energy and not doing anything bad, um, you're going to be able to see, I like to say, like, instead of being a zebra in the forest where, you know, you can't see over the trees, you'll become the giraffe there. So you'll be able to see above the trees and at the ground level. And that's what I tell every entrepreneur to do is go from zebra to giraffe. Um, but to be that, you got to be able to deal with, stand the pressure, withstand the heat, withstand the judgment and, uh, cause you're different. And, um, yeah, that's what I'd like to leave any entrepreneur with is, is embrace the uncomfort. Embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Go yeah. towards it. Yeah. Awesome. Mate. Are there any particular challenges that are memorable throughout your career? Like whether it's MDS or any of the previous businesses that you've, um, that you've built. And obviously, um, you know, you suggested that they failed at some point and, you know, obviously there was a hell of a lot to be learned through that period, but any forks in the road that are memorable? I think the biggest fork in the road was last year. I felt like I lost my purpose. Um, mm. and I, I felt really insecure and, um, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, what the hell am I doing? Who am I? And, yeah. uh, I, I feel like it, it was triggered by a burnout. Um, and then I had to climb back up, man. I had to climb back up my confidence and being the Jake that you see, the Jake that gives the energy, the Jake that's out there speaking at the conferences, the Jake that's on content every day. Yeah. That took, that took climbing back from, from feeling really sad, um, feeling lonely. And again, like I said before, lonely. And I felt like I lost purpose. And when you lose purpose, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. So, you know, I have a therapy, we have a business therapist here at Midday Squares that me and my partners use and see uh, once a week. And he helped me climb back out of it. It took about three, four months, Yeah. Um, but I, I had no energy. I literally had no, I was tired every day, no energy yeah. and tired. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's terrible. I, um, I witnessed my parents in, while well, they were uh, operating their business go through, you know, very, very similar peaks and valleys and, you know, digging yourself out of that valley, especially, you know, the daily grind, I think is what can get you down as well. And if you've got a daily grind, that's, you know, physically beating you down, you're exhausted mentally, um, you know, trying to develop and understand what your purpose and mission is each day is really difficult. So what sort of tools did this therapist give you? Like how, what was sort of the steps that you took to sort of um, dig yourself out of that pit and uh, reestablish what your um, purpose was? So I think taking a break um, was the number yep. one. So actually being okay with that. So he gave me perspective. I think what, what's special is the perspective I received that it's okay. And it makes sense that I, I feel this way and why I feel this way, because I was going for three and a half years, three years straight, sorry, mm. um, nonstop. And, 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 and then eventually you your tank runs out. It does. Yeah. Um, and you know, what I started to do during that time was what really brought me over the edge was I was yard sticking. So I was continuously comparing myself. I went down this bad path 
where I didn't receive an award that I thought I deserved. Um, and it bothered me so much that I started comparing to everything else in my life. So like, oh, why are they in this article? Why, why don't we get that TV outlet? Or why is this not selling here? And I started like just not, not doing Jake anymore, doing everything but Jake. Yeah. And um, I got, I got angry and, and rude and miserable. And, and that's when I realized I have to go him. And basically what he does, he, he made me see that side from, from an overview mm -hmm. and uh, I hated it. I hated it. It felt, I felt really uncomfortable. And um, what ended up happening was I realized that I could get out of here, but it's going to take a lot of work. And I went to see him and all this time and we worked on what do I really love? Who am I? What defining what I truly want to do and how do I get to doing what I want to do every day? Mm. And that's what we did. And one of the reasons why I needed a chief of staff that helped, I got a chief of staff. So, you know, basically what a therapist does is just give you perspective that yeah. makes you see things clearer, yeah. right? Yeah. In a simple format. Yeah. No, mate, I agree. You know, whether it's a therapist or a coach, um, I've worked with a, a coach as personal coach as well. And, you know, Brad Bodnachuk, I've had him on the podcast twice. And that's absolutely the value that I see in a coach. They do offer a perspective that you otherwise can't see, you know, same as like a tennis coach or a swimming coach. Like they can see you performing at an angle that you're not even aware of. And, you know, they can bring it into to your attention. And yeah, I saw so much value in that too. So really cool to hear, man. Um, Love it. If you had the opportunity to go back and whisper in the ear to yourself when you were getting started at Midday Squares with the knowledge that you have now, what would you tell yourself? That's a great question. Um, Oh, I would say focus less on the outcome and try to enjoy the present moments. So mm -hmm. instead of being focused on where are we going to be in five years or, 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 or when's the big event coming, whether that's an IPO or, or, or a sale or, or a big financial raise, focus more on the brick by brick that takes us there and obsessing with our customer base. That's mm -hmm. it. And, mm -hmm. and I wish I knew that at the first, the first, the first year, but it took me about a year and a half to realize that. Awesome, man. Great advice. If we were to fast forward a year from now, and you could say to me that you had had your best year ever, what is it that you would have accomplished? What I would accomplish in a year, or I would tell you is, am I being, am I consistently getting bolder by the day? And what I mean by bolder is, Am I not afraid? Mm -hmm. Am I have, do I have less fear? Am I out there more? Am I doing what I truly love will be the big factor of success for me. It is not financial goals because at the end of the day, yes, I'm a capitalist, diehard capitalist, but at the end of the day, my vision is not, is not to, you know, oh, let's get to hundred million and then do this, 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 that. It's no, yes, we want to build a modern day chocolate conglomerate brand, a big one, which will need to over hundred million in revenue. But the real goal is, Am I, am I becoming a new Jake or am I evolving to the Jake that can be a true great leader that can be, you know, the captivating person I, I want to be? Can I be that person where I inspire people to actually feel something deep inside? Mm -hmm. Those are the real wins I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. That's awesome to hear, man. And it's also great to, you know, um, to know that you guys are building something over a, a long period of time. Like you guys aren't like, you know, trying to get in and out in five years and have a quick exit and sort of move on to the next thing. Like you guys are looking to develop something over, you know, 25, 30, 40 years. And, um, and to sort of have that long-term vision, I think is kind of unique in our culture. Like you do see it in a lot of Asian cultures in China and Japan in particular, like they talk generational sort of like visions. And, um, and I think that's a really important piece to remember because you can't build, 
you can't build Rome overnight or whatever the saying is like, you just can't build it overnight. And it is a brick by brick approach. So mate, like, I understand that you guys have this vision of what you want to build. Like you just suggested, like you're going to get to a hundred million dollars. Like this is going to happen rain, hail or shine, but how far out do you project sort of like your, um, your focus? Like are you sort of like, Hey man, I can only keep it together for the next two weeks or the next month. And I sort of like, I'm trying to piece it together. Or do you sort of strategically um, sit down with the team and you've got like a, a 12 month goal or an 18 month goal? Like, where are you guys looking? So we, we definitely look at 12 month goal in terms of where we need to be in terms of revenue, margins, yep. uh, cash flow, yep. all that stuff. Um, but from, from personally, it's an everyday thing, you know, yeah. day by day, am I improving or am I going backwards? Those yeah. are the two things I'm looking at. Um, and I have gone backwards in certain scenarios, but I've gone forward, you know, I've made more right decisions than wrong decisions. And I think yeah. that's a core value of ours is be right more than we are wrong. Yeah. And that's when midday squares will, 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 will continue to thrive if we do that. Um, and stay true to who we are. And that that's really the hardest part is being able to stay true to who you are and not listening to all the noise out there. There's a lot of noise, isn't there? A lot of distractions. A ton. A ton, man. Mate, Jake, you're a busy man. Thank you so much for your time today. I wanted to keep it brief but short and uh, really dig into some things with you. And I think that we achieved a lot in that little piece. Um, mate, if anybody wanted to follow along or get in touch with you, what's the best way? Yeah, add me on LinkedIn, Jake Carls or Midday Squares, or add us on Instagram. Same thing, Jake Carls and Midday Squares. You'll watch the journey. I'm always I'm always happy to connect, uh, calls, whatever you want, hangouts. Um, you know, uh, like I said, just looking to continue to build my network in this journey, and excited to uh, to meet anyone that wants to. And and I appreciate you even having me on the podcast today. It was a lot of fun having this conversation that was just free flowing and and real. Good, man. No worries. Hey, uh, before we do cut out of here, um, I think I mentioned it to you at the CHFA uh, when we met a couple of months ago, but um, you first came onto my radar. It must have been your very first CHFA. It would have been back in, I think, 2018 or 2019. Um, We actually, uh, we were opposite each other. I was working for Salt Spring Coffee at the time and you guys were like literally across the road. So we were trading chocolate bars and coffee. And it was evident from way back then that you guys were trying to build something huge. Um, You know, the personalities were already there. Uh, the hype was already there and it's been really cool to sort of witness you guys building this and uh, following along the journey. So thank you very much for inspiring everyone. Um, the other thing that I'd like to mention is everybody that I have on the podcast, they pretty much mention you guys as an organization that they look up to and, you know, everybody's really aware of what you're doing and they're trying to emulate you too. So man, um, hats off to you and the work that you guys are doing. It'll be really fun to keep on watching you guys grow and develop and yeah, well done. Congratulations. Yeah. I fucking love you, man. Thank you for that. That, that. that gave me some energy. I have a long day ahead and a night. And uh, these kind of these kind of statements and, and just genuine comments are the reason that we can continue every single day to go out there and be bold and do what we love and, and, and try to build this this next Nike or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yep. And uh, so I, I really, truly appreciate it. I'm going to share with my partners what you said. And um, yeah, keep keep being bold, man. And let's hang again. That sounds great. All right. Thanks for your time, Jake. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks again for taking the time out of your busy day to join me for today's episode. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation or if you've got any questions, feel free to shoot me an email at hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn or Instagram at thepackheavypodcast. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how I can help you with your business and your packaging vision, feel free to drop me a line and we'll continue the conversation there too. I'll see you next week.